Hey, y'all. Scotty Real. And the dude here. And we just want to shout out to our crew of listeners, growers, cannabis professionals, and recreational tokers. Otherwise known as the Dude Grows Crew. Who every week come through solid and donate their hard-earned money to produce this show. It's the support from our listeners that directly produces the Dude Grow Show and keeps the unbiased grow knowledge pumping out week after week after week, guys. You are the DGC, and there's strength in numbers. So please show us some love and help produce the next show by going to DudeGrows.com and making a small donation. Respect. Come on, brother. Let's get high and start the show. Yeah. You're listening to the Dude Grow Show, coming straight out of Denver, Colorado, bringing you marijuana grow knowledge, news, and culture. At the tone, the time will be 4.20. Exactly. Everybody, Dude Grows Show, coming right out of Denver, Colorado. You there, Scotty? I'm here. What's going on, y'all? Heck yeah. Glad to have you back from Cali, man. You sound great. How was the Cali trip? Oh, it was actually really, really interesting, man. Learned, learned a lot out there. I've never seen grows so big before, man. Hell yeah. It's always exciting to walk through huge grows. Dude, I, I don't know if I told you I was in this one grow, and I walked up, you know, maybe... 12 lights deep, three rows of 12 lights, walked over and thought I was looking into a mirror, but I was actually just looking into another identical room. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's sum up today's show for everybody. Uh, basically, guys, we're going to have our grower questions as usual coming at you. Um, you know, three, four, five different questions here. We got some news stories about what you guys should be uh, cooking up for the Super Bowl since we have the Weed Bowl, the Marijuana Bowl. What do you want to call it, Scotty? Yeah, the Super Bowl. That's what I'll call it, man. <laughs> there you go. It's just a whole new meaning to the word. Nice. Uh, be careful. I heard you get sued if you call anything the Super Bowl. <laughs> you, oh, you never seen that? They call it the big game. Oh, okay. I did not know that. I the mean, Big I, Bowl. Yeah, we'll have to call it the Big Bowl because I don't want to get sued, man. Everybody knows Dude Gross is a huge NFL fan, or NHL, of course. NFL. See, you can't even tell what I'm saying. <laughs> You're a mess, man. All right, well, what's going on in our grows? We always like to talk about that. Scott, what's going on in your grow? You know, man, I came back from seven days and kind of looking around, had some plants growing into the lights and whatnot, and when I looked, you know, I you got to practice, you know, real vigilance when you're looking for pests. So I got the, the little scope out and the handheld scope and I started looking at my leaves. And sure enough, little microscopic black dots and little tiny dots that look like yeah, I thought it was first it was a fungus, but it was thrips. I caught so a couple. So wait, wait, wait. I got to back up. So when you yo, came yo. back, your lights, I mean, your plants were going in your lights again. Like who's caretaking, man? Come on. 
Look, my wife was caretaking, and she got an A plus this time. And come on, yeah, it's all set up. I was even talking to my friends out there in Cali. You can't expect people to babysit your shit for. Or you can expect them to babysit it, but you can't expect them to do no, nothing more than that. So yeah, you have no to have stuff. everything tight, tight on autopilot if you're taking off. And if anything happens, you got only yourself to blame, brother. I knew your wife was caretaking, so I just had to call her out. <laughs> you can't ask somebody. It took me three hours of of staking. I went and bought. Uh, 40, 48 bamboo steaks yesterday over at Way to Grow and for two plants. And I had another 30 of them. And it was enough to do two of these big monster tree plants, man. So it, it took three, four hours to stake these things. And, you know, 200 zip ties and, you know, however many uh, uh, green bamboo steaks. So you can't ask anybody else to do that shit. That's, that's where my art comes in, my mind. I agree. That is art. Uh, my grow... Um, I'm changing in one one of my hoods, my flowering HPS bulbs to metal halide. I'll explain to you guys why I'm doing that. And Scott, you actually just reminded me my of my new anti-bamboo policy. Policy as far as uh, I've mentioned in another show, I'm trying to get around. I just feel bad shoving that bamboo into my containers and breaking roots, man. That, that's like my arteries. I don't want to hurt oh, those. Yeah, I figured something out, man. I haven't been doing that lately. I put them right along the edge of the of the smart pot. Right along the edge there, I slip them just between the soil uh, and the edge of the smart pot, and I make a you know you can fit forty or fifty in there. Not too shab. Well, right on, guys. Let's take a quick break. Just want to let you know what's coming up on today's episode twelve. Dude Go Show with Dude Grows and Scotty Real. Again, we're right out of Denver, where it's all happening, uh, and. Basically, yeah. Enjoy the show, guys. If you want to find us on the networks, iTunes. Beyond Pod for you Android users, YouTube. Um, we're actually starting to get some episodes up on uh, SoundCloud. We had to change our music around um, so we could be on SoundCloud and going to keep trying to be everywhere for you guys to check out the Dude Grow Show. Me and Scott will be right back. All right. smoking i think scotty all right let's do it <coughs> hold on hold on yeah no take it away what do you got what do you got today i have a green crack right here or oh. some green crack i should say <laughs> and from what i'm to understand doing my research you have to thank snoop dogg for that stupid fucking name man really yeah i believe so man i believe it was like a cush with a, K, a c or something like that and then he's like, this is the green crack man I mean, it is humorous, but it is kind of – it's ridiculous, really. 
it's a little bit a little bit hurtful to the cause i would say to be like oh yeah you know what you should try a really good uppity cerebral daytime uh medicine maybe some green crack yeah you know? and i've heard uh like Godbud and then some other ones I won't mention that have like female genitalia names attached to them. Like, come on guys, try a little harder. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's true. How's the I shit mean, treating you? How's the crack? Uh, treating it's, you? it's delicious. I, you can definitely tell it's mostly uh, a sativa, you know, real uppity high. Uh, it's a real cerebral high, something, something you can really get a lot of work done on, you know? I like that. I like that. Yeah, and it's got a great – I mean, these sativas that, that, that uh, flower up in less than in eight weeks, they're amazing, you know? I mean, this is like a 55, 60-day flowering time, and the yield is amazing, really heavy yield. I like so. heavy yields for 55 to 60-day, you said? Oh, yeah. These things are monsters. I've seen some of these growing out in Cali. It is the uh, strain of choice for uh, a few of the places that I went to. And, yeah, they absolutely love it. They always keep a room of green crack growing, and they say the dispensaries just absolutely demand it. Nice. Um, well, I'm going to get into it here. Basically, I am hitting some oh, – I'm, I'm about to. i got to light up my beeline here for the Dark Star, guys, from TH Seeds. And if you don't know what beeline is, I don't use it all the time, but when I'm just sitting around, it's organic hemp wick. And um, it's actually kind of nice. Uh, th- some people say when you're smoking with, like, a Bic lighter, you're getting a little residual uh, butane or shit out of there. So I'm going to be as organic as possible today with my beeline, lighting up my hit right now to talk about something, Scotty. Hey, man, butane's organic, man. It comes from the earth. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, actually, uh, <laughs> yeah, I got my hands on some Dark Star, guys. I wanted to try some. I haven't tried a ton of THCs genetics and uh <clears throat> it is great you talk about uh your green crack with the cerebral like head high get work done <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah a little bit harder to get the work done man definitely <laughs> definitely relaxing but we'll see how it treats me during the show today i haven't grown it need to get my hand on some uh feminized seeds because that's how i roll roll these days um and uh man I, I really enjoy the flavor about 70 days flowering time just reading right off their sites like i said i haven't I haven't grown it. Um, really good reviews all around. CBD rich, uh, mostly indica, uh, good for treating pain and anxiety. And then you know how, how much anxiety I get before we do the Dude Grow show, so I figured, you know, smoke some Dark Star. Oh, my God. Dark Star <laughs> down, man. Absolutely. And I did want to throw a question out. Any of you guys listening, um, uh, uh, Feminized Seed, I'm loving it. I have heard, though, to be very careful – I'm not keeping moms. I usually don't ever keep moms. I just take cuts before I, when I need them before I go to flowering, you know, because it's another chore for me, valuable re- valuable real estate for me. So I heard not to mess around with keeping moms or taking cuts from feminized seed. And I, I guess the reasons why are, you know, you could get a bad phenotype or if people are messing around with breeding, they might screw stuff up. But give us some input on that. If you guys know out there um, why you should not keep moms from feminized seed. I got a guy that'll know that we got to get on the show. I've got a a buddy of mine that's trying to be a breeder. We're going to get him on the show because he was explaining one time to me. I think I maybe have a clue of what what they'll say, but as uh, straight from seed, what's that called? An F1, right? I believe so. Yeah, and he says as they they have to stabilize out, and he says you'll get a bunch of varying phenotypes off an F1, and that's why. And I'm, I might have this somewhat wrong. I'm, I'm repeating what I heard one time when I was well, Irie, and we will get Homeboy on the show to verify. But I think he was saying that he has to go to like an F5, you know, five generations out to actually stabilize the genetics. 
And yeah, and I've seen that in F1 as far as I've planted, you know, four seeds of the exact same feminized seed. Um, and one of them was like, as I call it, the run. It was still worth growing, still yielded okay, but compared to the other three, I wouldn't keep I wouldn't keep that one around. So yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Well, that's it, guys. We got Green Crack and Dark Star, but we're gonna head into the news here. Um, I want to talk about here the first article. And guys, you can always find the news. I think Scotty's tweeting it out. Um, real, what's your your Twitter account? Real Growers. Real Growers, yeah, at Real Growers. I'm just tweeting out anything, any funny shit that we say on the show that's, that references an article or anything like that. I'll, I'll tweet it out, man. Good picture or whatever. And, uh, yeah, it'll soon be on the Dude Grow Show homepage as well. Um, but this is a Huffington Post article. You can find it in the show links. I put all of our news in the show links entitled, which I love, Super Bowl Marijuana Recipes for the Weed Bowl, Denver versus Seattle. Awesome. So do you have plans? Are you going to a party? Are you cooking up some, some weed goodies yourself, Scotty? You know, I don't know. I think it's the same uh, day as the Cannabis Cup or the same weekend as the L.A. Cannabis Cup that I was just invited to. And, boy, I might have to go to a Super Bowl Super Bowl party at the Cannabis Cup, man. I don't know. I think you might be right, man. The one in Los Angeles here, yeah. I'm just pulling it up on their site really quick because uh, we're all going to be kicking it at the uh, Denver one, of course, is uh, – Two-day event tickets, uh, February 8th and 9th. So you'll be okay, right? Isn't that weekend of the Super Bowl? See, I am no NFL yeah. pro. <laughs> hey, I know, man. They told me last time at this uh, – the reason I want to go so bad, they told me last time they, were, they had this stuff called Superbud at the uh, at, at the Cali uh, – uh, cannabis cup and it was bud yeah it was basically um it was like really delicious bud then rolled in you know what what do they call it oils and 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 what's the other stuff the the waxes and stuff like that and it made like this like (laughs) look look like it had you know it was almost jeweled up you know it was all shiny you're talking about caviar man that's what, That's what one person was calling it. You're right. <laughs> Tell me about it, man. Come on. I don't know. Tell me. All right. All right. And we'll get to this news article in a sec. But yes, caviar, I've, I've, I've seen carried at some uh, different dispensaries. I tried it once myself, and it's. I think there's plenty of variations. I think the one I saw was basically like you're saying, like a, a top cola of kind bud rolled in like a wax and then sprinkled with some keef. Right. And, you know, it reminds me of, you know, an ultimate decorated cupcake or some shit but uh <laughs> yeah he said it looked like jewelry at the end you know definitely pretty cool idea um is it necessary at all of course not but that's how oh, this shit, industry, no, industry rolls um uh but yeah let me let me get into this article a, a little bit here about uh one reason i like it guys is there's a ton of beautiful pictures of edibles from uh different dispensaries and grows around uh i saw some in cali and some in colorado not all selling recreationally but it'll give you some ideas for the weed bowl um but yeah the possibilities guys and this is one thing i want to talk about for growing or not growing creating marijuana enhanced food is insane there's so many possibilities out there between baking stuff um there's popcorn there's candy i don't know what am i missing chicken wings that mentioned in this article is once yeah, you get I mean, your butter, kick the any, wings. Yeah, anything that's 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 uh, fat. You know, marijuana is fat soluble, so anything that has a little bit of fat in it, you can just extract a little bit of marijuana or get it to uptake a little bit of marijuana. So yeah, easy enough. I've definitely indulged in some butters, and I was intimidated uh, by the process. But I want to tell you, man, I'm going to put this video up. I took some of that uh, 
I guess I'll just call it the Keef from uh, my all mesh bubble bags that I do the driest extraction with. Yeah, What's that seems that to be the way, man. I mean, seems- yeah, it is for me. It's the way. There's a lot of ways, guys. Uh, for me, it's the way because of ease of use. I just use one bag, dude. I use the 220 bag. I use some ice. Um, and just my leaves, I'm not messing with flowers, guys. And all the keef I got out of there, I just took, put it in a pan with two sticks of butter and did it on the stove and watched the temperature. I think it's like 140. There's tons of articles out there on it. Sure. And, but I didn't strain shit out because I don't have messy leaves and crap to do. No, you don't need to if you're using keef. Leave the keef right in there, guys. And I also, to this one, you'll actually like to try it, Scotty. I, uh, you know how much I am a fan of hot shit. So this one, I added a bunch of my dried peppers from the summer garden. So it's basically like a marijuana-infused keef butter with, you know, hot dried pepper in it. So that's going to be that's going to be money. So that's my self plug on that guys. Actually, check out the video at uh, dudegrows.com and uh, if you want some of those all mesh bubble bags, I'll send them out to you. They're right off my homepage at dudegrows.com. You'll see them. Pick some up. Yeah, those things are awesome. I'm actually about to extract a little bit of that uh, vanilla Kush clippings that I have. I did learn a couple tricks out in Cali. Looked, saw some guys extracting and saw the, you know, the gooey looking stuff, and then saw you know the, you know the, the dry crumbly type of stuff, which uh-huh. is, is favored. And uh, they said, man, the dry crumbly stuff you get when you don't put your fan leaves in there. You really got to separate your trim leaves from your fan leaves if you want that super high quality. Uh, uh, wax, I guess is what they call it. Yeah, you can definitely do a lot. Of, some people only use, as I think, you know, you'd call it the sugar leaf, not the fan leaves, and then right. even reduce it down if you're like super connoisseurish doing some uh, of that caviar. You uh, you could use a whole five bag, three bag set and keep, you know, reducing your quality down. For me, I use every freaking leaf on the plant, throw it all into a 220 bag with some dry ice. I get what I want for my time. But let but, me ask you a question, man. Can I put that in the, the, for people that don't extract with these bags? The 220 bag is is a, a bigger mesh, so it allows a lot of stuff to go through. And then you would theoretically filter it through like a 55 micron or something, a smaller bag after that. But my question is, can I just filter it once? Can I put all the crap in the 55 bag and just shake that out with some dry uh, ice and get a higher quality product coming out? I think you'd get some good stuff coming out. I think the problem might be overwhelming that uh, that mesh and working really hard to get it to shake through with all that leaf material in there instead of just our already processed, you know, powder. But I, you know, be worth a try. I'd you go can, at the 220 can, first. You so you can put the keef in a 55 mesh bag, the second bag, with some dry ice and and extract. You know. I have not fully done that. I don't know All if right. it would need video a, time, man. Yeah, video time. I don't know how much dry ice you would need, if much, or if some would come through on its own. Um, but yeah, I got some. Always have some to make, so I'll try that next time and film it up. Sounds, um, same good stuff, dude. <laughs> let's make these listeners hungry real quick, though, before we go to a quick break. Um, in this article, going down the pictures, guys, there's beautiful Rice Krispie treats, lollipops that just look just like the Tootsie Pops, you know, except a little, or Blow Pops, but a little barcode on them. <laughs> uh, you got chocolate and hash oil, hubby bars, uh, caramels, fudge, peanut butter, <laughs> eight doses, it says on the container, more chocolate bars with little weed leaves imprinted on them, um, chocolate-covered pretzels that are $10 each. Yeah. Brownies. Where's my favorite one? Let me get to my – God, there's so much stuff on here. Truffles, peanuts, uh, hard candy, coffee. Shit, I might have to give some of that a try. That will take a whole step out of my morning. (laughs) 
Um, and then yeah, lastly, right? where is it at? I think it's the last one on here. Here it is, the bacon cheddar biscuit. It's from the Midnight Magical what? Kitchen. <laughs> yes, yes, bacon cheddar biscuit, guys. Oh, uh, and you can put weed in it. Yes, you can put weed in almost anything. Oh, don't forget about the Keef Cat. Forget about your Kit Cats, guys. There's Keef Cats. <laughs> so. The secret ingredient is Keef. All right, guys, we're going to take a break, come back with one more article, uh, Need Room to Grow, which goes over all kinds of shit going on in the industry, in Denver specifically. Um, and if you're just, you know, if you're a guy, a grower that likes to listen to this show, don't forget. I know some people just don't like news, don't want to deal with any damn news, and I totally understand that. Skip ahead. Get to the Grow Talk. Check it out. There's always good Grow Talk in every episode for you guys. And if you want to hear more, email us, dudegrows at gmail. Scotty, how can we get a hold of you? Yeah, real growers. Uh, how the hell do I know, man? I've been gone for a week. I haven't turned the computer on for a goddamn week, man. Just go to your site. Just find him on Twitter. How about that? <laughs> realgrowers.com at realgrowers on twitter yeah yeah yeah. everything guys everything's at the dude grows show dudegrows.com you can message me there comment on a video i'm checking my video comments guys every day i'll get back we'll try and get you on the show we want to hear what you have to say get you to grow your own absolutely all right guys we'll be right back dude grow show all right with the news guys more news dude grow show um scotty do you want to talk about more grow news or justin bieber's dui in the news oh man they're both very exciting you know he was <laughs> he was on the weed nice was he i didn't i didn't take the time to read it but i can see that you are more of a justin bieber fan than me no it's just on the <laughs> side of this stupid article man or this cool article but it's on the side of it's on the side so Hey, man, yes, I, I, like you said, there's certain people that just want to fast forward through the news. I might be one of them people, man. I don't like <laughs> I don't like paying attention to none of this shit, man. Except the marijuana news. Yeah, unless it's about weed. Man, and in summary, guys, I gotta I scan the news every day, multiple times a day, and shit, it, it, pro, we keep saying it, prohibition is falling. There's another state, we had Louisiana, what is that, Governor J- Jingle something? I don't even know his name, but he was down. Everybody, I mean, you wouldn't think Louisiana, right? 
But if you just keep your eye on the news, um, your state's probably up next. I'm loving it. Yeah, it's amazing. It's really an exciting time to be in the industry. Uh, Let's get into this article titled Need Room to Grow. Um, This article covers a lot, guys. Definitely, as I said before, check this in the show links. I'm actually going to get this picture up on my homepage, too. Guys, we've got to get these pictures up. Um, Starting off here, uh, get into the article. There's a picture showing – well, let me say what the article's about. There's a real estate agent out here in Denver specializing in trying to find room not for commercial growers only, but the people moving out here um, that are wanting to rent homes – they're capable of growing as well as purchase homes that have, you know, a type of growth space, and we'll talk about what they're looking for. But, Scotty, you called it out, man. This this major picture on this caught our attention. Yeah, what's happening with these plants, man? They keep on showing pictures of these quote-unquote commercial grow facilities, and, like, this one's got, like, what, a dozen plants in some four-gallon containers? And they just don't seem to be – I don't know, man. They don't seem to be very sophisticated. I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, I'm, everybody has a learning curve with, with growing, and there's, there is disconnect sometimes with facility owners, the growers, and everything else. But I agree with you, man. In this picture, guys, like in the background, there's a plant that's – Twice as tall as all the other ones. The lights are way the hell up, which they could have just actually raised the lights for the, the picture to be taken. Um, and then if you look over on the left side of the picture, Scotty, there's two other colas just perking up a foot of all the other ones. Um, everything looks inconsistent um, for the size containers they're in. The canopy is not good. That is uh, not a commercial grow, my friend. That's I mean, all I can tell you. It's – you know, and we don't want to, you know, say you guys don't know what you're doing. I'm sure that you're growing quality bud there. It could be great, but the the problem is the the amount of, the amount of colas per square foot. You know, they need to maximize that shit out. Yeah, some so. shaping, some some trimming there would would definitely serve them well in that picture. Now, who the hell knows, man? We're acting like we're know-it-alls. This could be a little demo garden that they have in the front to you know to show their customers or something. True. Who knows? Without- Without knowing what they have going on, we're just critiquing the picture. Not going to talk any shit about about the center, um, but yeah, just critiquing what we see in this particular picture. Uh, as far as yeah, all the the inconsistencies and stuff. But uh, shit, man, everybody can have crap happen in their grow. Regardless, though, let's get cut into the article a little bit here. Um, so this agent's trying to find, basically, for residential people, they want a place to grow, um, and they're coming out to Colorado, guys. We're seeing people move out to Colorado here. And what do you want to look for? I mean, number one, I remember back in the day, uh, actually, it was right uh, after I moved out here and I was looking for another property. And the number one thing I looked for was a full-on basement. Full basement. That's what I used to ask when I, even before I moved out here. Does that house have a basement? Yeah, exactly, guys. You want, if you can, it makes your life much easier to be growing in a basement and preferably not like a split-level type basement, just a basement that's straight underground with those little mm-hmm. basement windows um, and that's going to help in the summer a lot. That's going to help, you know, keep everything on the down low, private, and uh, you know, be what you need. After that, I would say you want you're going to want windows. You know, you need an out and an in. You got to be able to handle your air, preferably in your guys's vegetative and flowering rooms. You want two windows if you can have it. There's sure. ways to work around it. That's in a perfect world. And if if it's really a perfect world, one window will be right on the other side of the room so you can run straight lines of ducting, air cool the hoods, and have everything you need. That's a stereotypical basement setup, though, you know? So, I mean, they're, they're around. Definitely. And there's a lot of ways around that. There's a lot of ways. But, uh, you know, high ceilings are another great thing to have if you can get them. But typically, what, seven to eight foot ceilings in residential. So Right. Um, so yeah, she goes on here. She said she's finding a niche. People are really requesting this. 
Um, and then another thing she's mentioning is, uh, which I totally agree with, is easy access to water drainage and accessibility, guys. When you're thinking about your grow spaces in a residential house, you want water close by to the room and a nice drain close to the room, preferably floor level. If you can have a drain on the floor, that saves you a shit ton of time. Yeah, well, I mean, water is easy to run a, a water pipe around there. Drainage is key. You definitely need drainage. True. You can typically run water from any other access in the house. Not not too tough. But, yeah, I know we've all had our, our floods and drainage nightmares and overflows. And I told uh, last show how that upstairs room I had and went to fill up the 100-gallon reservoir. You know, went back downstairs with my roommate at the time, had a beer, talked about the day. <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. What's the water coming from the through the vents like a little waterfall there? Uh... So, you know, for being an amateur, for getting your fill in the reservoir, you should be using a float valve, other precautions, potentially even yeah. this day and age, water alarms. You can set a little water alarm on the floor, guys. It'll just go off and the water hits it. Not that expensive either. Yeah, so. I would never be doing anything without a float valve upstairs anymore, and I would never do anything upstairs without a uh, full rubber matting, you know, pond liner on the bottom. Heck yeah. $150, you save yourself a lot, a lot of drywall and a lot of uh, mold and mildew problems by buying $150 worth of pond liner at Home Depot. Yeah, yeah and you just reminded me, saying mold and mildew. Guys, if you're if you're going into a home to grow and you're uh, renting it, I mean, feel it out, but my take is to be straightforward with the landlord. Tell them you're an up-and-up person. You're not doing anything shady. You plan on turning this particular space into a grow room. If you would you know, like an extra security deposit for it, make them feel comfortable, say that's fine. But I guarantee you I won't be damaging your property. I won't be creating any problems. I'm not going to turn your house into a grow. There are plenty of landlords out there that are pot-friendly. I know for a fact. Right. So, True. You know, you don't want to be caught up in the middle of your grow when uh, the landlord has to access something and they say, hey, what the hell is this? I, you know, I never said you could do this. That's that's a huge problem. Right. So get it straight with your landlord. Get, also, bring, take, a, take a look in your lease. Don't forget, uh, a lot of leases are very standard leases, and all it says in there, I've, I've read through quite a few of them, uh, that the, you can't break state law. You know, so as long as you're not breaking, it doesn't say anything about federal law. So as long as you're not breaking state law, you should be all right. So that means unless there's a specific clause in there that says you're not allowed to grow marijuana, then you're allowed to grow 12 plants in that house. But then they forget the provision I put in my leases where the landlord can terminate this lease for any reason. Oh, you <laughs> bastard, man. No, I mean, I, I even have a, a provision in there for uh, marijuana growing, and that's just because if I do get a sketchy grower, I don't want to have any hassles. And, um, you know, sketchy growers are getting, you know, far and few between with this legalization. Uh, another, you know, positive thing from it where, you know, people turn a whole house into a grow and they don't even live there. You know, that, that happens a bit. But. Yeah. Not as much anymore, which is good. Um, but let's move on through the article a little bit here. Um, the article goes into, guys, that real estate agent is seeing success and offering people houses where they can have a bedroom you know, for their state legal grow. Nothing too huge and crazy, and that's awesome. And then it talks about how you know, this is benefiting other industries, you know, such as there's a company that's been here for 100 years called the uh, Central Bag and Burlap Company. And they're a leading player, this article is saying, wholesale uh, – Fabric root grow bags, jars to store stuff, other foil bags, all kinds of things just to put product in. And that's, you know, I love to see this helping helping the community and make sure, you know, we're not in any type of – and I shouldn't say we're not in any type of recession, but benefiting from marijuana. That's what we should yeah. be doing. 
I mean, I came here in 09 and the real estate agent was tickled pink to show me houses with full basements because he he knew what the hell I was going to do, you know? Yeah, nice. Yeah, and the, and the house I ended up getting was a house that was in foreclosure or was just about to go into foreclosure or foreclosure and I mean, I feel that's a, a positive benefit on the community instead of this house being foreclosed on and uh, you know, it's sitting empty for 6 or 9 months. Somebody came in and and made a go of it, you know? Yeah, and that's good to see. That's like when I when I reminded me back in the day when I walked through that house I purchased and saw the full unfinished basement, like my mouth was watering. I didn't even care about the upstairs. I just saw, you know, oh. I'll take it. <laughs> um, another industry guy is testing facilities out here. Uh, it's going to be more and more. I think it's just going to be mandatory soon. I talk about it on the show. Can Labs is a popular one. Um, that's is Colorado's longest-running marijuana testing facility, and they will be able to test for, it looks like, what do they test for? I know they don't test for agricultural pesticides yet. They test for potency, and here's a good example, actually. Can Labs found one edible that claimed to contain 300 milligrams of the medically beneficial component, cannabidol. You want to pronounce that for me? Cannabidol? All right, I'm Can screwing that all, up. Let's just all. say, let's just say CBD, guys, because that's right. way more easier for me. Right. Um, and it contained just 16 milligrams, even though it claimed to to, to contain 300. Um, and that's fine and dandy. I'm excited. People are testing for that. But like I always say, I can't wait for them to be able to test for the nasties. Like on last show, we talked about fluoride a little bit in episode mm-hmm. 11. And uh, I think they're gonna find it in them. I mean, personally, what do you feel? Oh, it turns out smoking fluoride doesn't affect you at all. No, what it is, what it is, Scotty, if you have a fluoromite brownie, it's not bad for you, but if you smoke it, it is, so that's how I think it might work. I want that shit out of my weed, man. I don't give a shit, man. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, wouldn't I need a gas chromatograph? Is that what they call it? Um, uh, Gas chromatograph, huh? Yeah, yeah. I I think it's a mass spectrometer, a mass spectrometer. There you go. There you go. You can use either or. But anyway, they need – what did you said? They're like 300 grand for those, right? A lot of money, and uh, I can tell you guys I did talk to Can Labs. It is on the way. Actually, we should get an interview with them here shortly. That would be great just to hear about uh, when it's coming and what the demand is for it. But I'm pretty sure, Scotty, the state is just going to make it mandatory soon. I believe out in uh, Oregon, the state has already done that, where as a grow, you have to submit – samples or else they come in and get samples probably on a uh, some sort of timely basis test it wow so, wow yeah man. interesting but i mean it all comes down to if you want to get around that if you want to circumnavigate those rules you will so it's important to really know your grower and trust your grower well you know i don't know you've got a you got a medical marijuana enforcement division officer coming in your grow unannounced and taking a sample from plant number 43 out of sure. 2000 in the middle sure. of the room i think they're going to be able to find some people that are uh, in violation hopefully it doesn't Definitely. turn on like other industries where they can just buy their way out of it but yeah I mean, you know if you're in violation you have a 200 dollar fine so i hope they makes are, sense man I hope they're strict on that shit, way stricter than that. Um, But, yeah, guys, that was uh, the news story here on Need a Grow Room, the title. Check out the picture there. Me and Skydy weren't trying to ridicule it, but just giving points on our our view of how that uh, canopy looks. So you guys should comment on it as well. It'll be in the show links 
on episode 12 here. And uh, what, should we get into a little grow, handle one of these questions before break? What do you think? Yeah, man, let's grow some weed, homie. Yeah, enough news, guys. Let's get into the growers section. Um, guys, these questions come from Dude Grows, The Dude Grows YouTube channel. Scotty has some coming from realgrowers.com. Yeah, I definitely appreciate that, man. I've been getting a lot of, uh, of questions from real growers. Very yeah. cool. Comment on any video. We're usually I'm checking those daily, checking them whenever we can, and the, the good comments coming up on the show. And uh, yeah, that's how it's gonna roll. So let's get into the first question here, guys. This one, kind of a common question: How big should a plant be in a pot when going to flower so I can use up all the pot to finish on time? Most importantly, for this grower, he's growing in super soil. So, Scotty, why don't you tell him what super soil is first? Yeah, super soil is a layered soil. That, man, who was the guy that, that made it? It was a famous grower that started it. I, I can't remember, but um, he had a recipe for it. And it's just basically you're layering all these nutrient-rich uh, layers of, of organics in, in your soil, solids. You know, what was it? It's like you, layers of guanos, layers of uh, so you're talking uh, casting. Subcool. Subcool sub probably cool. is the grower. Yes, exactly right. And what happens is it gives everything. It's got all the nutrition that your plant needs. And as your plant expands, it grows into these different zones, and it grabs some different nutrition. It's a cool concept. I haven't really messed with it myself too much. But. Yeah, I mean, to me, super soil also, I mean, there's pictures here. I'm looking on High Times, guys, of Subcool's soil recipe. You know, it gets a little baby pool to mix it up. And he's basically taking a mix such uh, as enriched as Roots Organic and enriching it more, which I myself would never do, guys. Um, super soil technology, we'll call it, is coming uh, a long way. There are definitely different brands out there that claim from you know healthy cutting to harvest, you're going to be okay. I, I just see way too many life stages that the plant needs different things for me to rely just on my soil. Yeah, I, I definitely don't use super soil myself. No, there are soils out there. I mean, guys, for example, you could buy a bag of uh, Roots Organic or get ocean forest um, and transplant into them. If you're using the ocean forest, I always tell people mix it, you know, split it with some peat, perlite. But once you go oh, into oh. that, yeah, that would be good too, man. Um, once you plant into those mixes with like a one-gallon healthy plant, you know, about six inches tall plus, you can use plain water for like three weeks at least, sometimes four weeks, and you won't see any deficiencies, and the plant's doing great using already what's in the soil. Um, but going the whole grow with it, man, I got too much fun shit to add to my plant. That's what I'm saying. Who the hell wants to do that, man? Well, you want to, I want to blast mine with newts, man. I want to get my plant growing Frankenplant style. <laughs> yeah, I mean week week five, six, even seven of flowers sometimes for the longer flowering plants. I'm I'm using some shit that I want to be watering in that I can see hitting it and the plants, yeah, getting, like you said, Franken-styled out in those colas. Right. Um, all right, well, he asked how big his plant should be when he's going to flower. Uh, 18, 24 wait, inches. Sorry, hold on. How how big should a plant be in the pot? Okay, I thought he asked how big the pot. Well, let's, let's answer both of those. You say a plant should be 18 to 24 inches going into flower. That's always the rule, man. You know, I mean, it really, you know, it's just a general rule of thumb. But 18 to 24 inches gives you another 12 inches of stretch. You end up with a two and a half to three foot plant. Yeah, I agree, guys. When If we're talking growing indoors mainly here, let's say you have limited ceiling height. You're not in a warehouse or you're at your house. 18 to 24 is pretty good. Maybe top at once during that process to get the stalk and things to thicken up. Um, but that's all dependent on the strain and growing style. But once well, I'd you be get topping a, that bitch, definitely, man. 
Typically, I do. Although, I, like I said, I have found some strains I don't, like uh, the Glass Slipper from Reserva Pravada. No need to top the Hemlock from them, um, and they they definitely grow a hell of a, a good cola and, and good yield. But uh, at 24 inches, let's say you, if you guys think bigger is better, you don't want to get too big for indoors. All you're going to end up doing is stretching into your lights when you go to flower, and you're going to have too much stem and you know stalk. We'll call it down below. Not enough leaf material, and it's going to be a pain in the ass. So, uh, how many how many grows have you consulted on where people tell you the plants are looking great? I just want you to come check them out, and you go, they go, they're huge, and you go there, and there's seven foot plants growing into the lights. Yeah, they're <laughs> not even in flowering yet. It's right. yeah, insane. It's like start yeah. over time, dude. We're going to have to do the uh, hedge trim on these bitches. Yeah, I mean the point is, is that. Uh, Plants only the, – the light only penetrates. We're not dealing with sunlight here. So those bulbs only penetrate down, I don't know, 18, 24 inches at most. And, I mean, I'll tweet out there's this diffusion of the light. It's like an upside-down pyramid. And, I mean, literally, you're talking a half million, you know, lux at the top, and you're talking 11,000 at the bottom, you know, three feet away. It's that much of a difference in, in light uh, – uh, uh, what the hell am I saying? Penetration. Thank you. God dang it. <laughs> Sweet shit, man. It messes with my vocabulary, well, man. Well, you know, penetration just rolls off my tongue all the time. So it's all good. <laughs> and anyway, man, so, uh, I mean, all you're going to grow is good quality, you know, tops. That's that's why they call them tops, you know, because everything else is B&C buds down below. So you really need to concentrate a lot of, of foliage and a, a, a lot of, of, of your plant base. 18 to 24 inches from that light. Yeah, and, and the exception to that, guys, would be uh, if you have really high ceilings and you're growing, you know, let's say, one plant per 1,000 watt, you still don't want to grow it too large, but you can go up to, you know, you could take a plant to flowering when it's 36 inches tall, and, you know, if you're growing outside, the sky is the limit, literally, so. Yeah, you know. I mean, I flower, I grow trees, and I, I bring them into flowering at four foot, but I'm constantly staking them, training them, doing a little S-curves, wrapping them around stakes, things, any trick I can do to shorten them up. Yeah, yeah, it's just one thing with plant count. That's a good trick Scotty's mentioning. Let's say you want to grow one plant, grow it in a 20-gallon pot. If it's maybe a stretchy sativa, when you bring it into the flowering room, have a trellis right above it and just be constantly weaving it, training and, and, and stretching that thing out. So instead of growing up, um, you know, it's growing out. Of course, you have to make sure there's light where you're stretching it and training it out to, but that is a good way to manage the height. Word. Uh, how big should the pot be? I mean, man, that's all dependent upon your grow space. So the most common size pot for people to go into for flowering is a five gallon. You know, more root, more root, more fruit. Yeah, you uh, want your you want your plant to dry out every day, I would say, or at least every other day. But you don't want that thing to be so big. If you're in a twenty gallon, you've got a you know a, a two foot plant. Man, I think it, it might take three or four days for that thing to dry out. Yeah, you're only going into the larger pots, guys, if you have bigger plants, for sure. Um, that's why I say, I mean, let's, the most typical thing would be starting plants in your little, you know, solo party beer cups or mm. little half pint or pint cups or a little Rockwell Cube, whatever. Then you're going to take it to a one gal. I, that's, this is what I do. And then that one gal is going to be rocked out and veg for a while until it's almost root bound. Then I'm going to go to, well, I go up to a seven gal, but common size, then people go from a one gal to a five gallon, transplant that in. Let it recover in vegetative growth for a little bit, then take it to flower. 
I will give you a tip though, man. Them smart pots, those fabric pots, you know, whatever brand you get, but fabric pots are amazing and they do let you cheat a bit. I can take a, a rooted clone, you know, just something, you know, six inches, four inches tall, put it in a 10, 15 gallon smart pot, and this is with entirely cocoa. Uh, and that's where the, the air to moisture ratio has everything to do with it. And I can grow out that plant in 30 to 40 days in a 10 to 50, I'd say a 10 gallon smart pot. And my, I'll give you my two cents on that. Of course, Scotty, <laughs> actually I'll give you my dime, um, smart pots. I dig on smart pots, guys. I've definitely used them in my garden. I use, um, nursery pots, which are just the plastic black nursery pots reusable a thousand times over. Smart pots definitely are reusable. Some people, you know, wash them in the washer. Some people, yeah, rinse make sure them out. your wife isn't home when you choose to wash them in the washing <laughs> machine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's another chore for me. I don't want to deal with it, and I'm getting the quality yield and everything I want for my nursery pots. And the last point, and this is dependent upon each person's garden, smart pots keep me in the garden watering more than I like to, which does mean there's more air in the soil area. Um, but man, when I when I take my plants out of my nursery pots at harvest, there's not there's no more room for roots to grow. So I, I don't really care. But again, it is a cool product, guys. Check out Smart Pots if you want to use them um, or any other fabric pot out there per se. Uh, I'm just telling you, people would argue with me. You can't go from a clone to a ten gallon. Are you crazy? And I figured it out. I'm like, well, in smart, you know, in fabric pots, you can. You know, maybe you can't in in nursery pots, but you know, nursery pots they they do have that plastic heats up. And it, heats, it, it, it tends to heat the the, uh, the soil up a little bit. Uh, the plants can't breathe out of that. Are you plastic. are you saying my plants can't breathe, dude? Yeah, I'm saying you're strangling them. You're you're a root <laughs> strangler. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. I, I do like the uh, the idea of the smart pots where the root hits the fabric wall, correct, and then it doesn't get root bound or kind of just turns around yeah. or something. I mean, my roots are all, they call it air root pruning, which means they're growing through the sides of the, of the fabric pot. And then they just, you know, they prune themselves, you know, they hit the air and they stop. Air root pruning. It kind of sounds like, uh, this big business down in the Colorado area called comfort dental. Yeah. What the hell's wrong with you guys? There's not even any scissors involved in air root pruning, uh, but no, it's all good. It, it, they just better put you out, man. That just means they give, they, that's just lets you know that you get the laughing gas there. You ain't even got to ask for it at Comfort nice. Channel. Well, let's take a break. You guys are listening to a sound-free podcast, <laughs> Dude Crow's show. Um, and uh, that was my joke. You didn't get it. I missed. No worries, guys. We're going to take a break here because uh, it sounds like Scotty needs to be tuned up, recreate, recreate for a minute, uh, and come back with uh, three more grower questions here. We're going to keep talking the grow uh, that's how it rolls on the Dude Grow Show. We want to be grow tent uh, orientated and teach you all. Teach you all to grow your own. Oriented. Oriented, not <laughs> not grow show oriental. Not that I have a problem with that. Yeah, man. All right, guys. We'll be right back. That's the dude.
All right, back in the hot grow talk. Ready for it, Scotty? Oh, I'm ready, sir. Ready to grow. Kind of, kind of pumped up, actually. Let me, let me drop a little bit of culture. You know, we we do say the dude grow shows about news culture and growing your own. Um, and I watch a shit ton of documentaries, man. And I caught this one uh, called Sound City. So I just wanted to tell people if you check, uh, I think it's on iTunes. I don't know what else it might be on. But it's called Sound City, and it's about this badass studio in Cali that did a ton of recording for huge artists. Uh, Tom Petty, Stevie Nicks, more modern would have been Nirvana, Nine Inch Nails. All kinds of people have been through there, and the documentary is pretty kick-ass. So I wanted to throw that in since I'm listening to their album right now, Real to Real. Yeah, man, a couple people told me about that. That's been trending for the last two weeks, man. Have you, have, have you had time to check it out yet? Uh, I have not had time to check out the official video, but I think so many people have talked to me about it, man. I know all about Dave Grohl and how cool he is, okay? So. Yes, I did forget to mention the most important <laughs> player. Dave Grohl was the main guy in this, and he's actually saving a huge recording deck out of Sound City because uh, Sound City is going to close. So tons of good music, though, man, and it's rocking right now in my headphones, dude. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. All right, all right. All right, let's get back into the grow talk. That's what I was saying. Um, why don't you bring us in here? Uh, question number three. Can you see that where the plant is yes, burning? Sir. Okay, man. We got the gentleman in super soil. Uh, is surprised that his plant is burning. Uh, super soil is hot, man. I mean, that super soil scares the shit out of me because they're putting so much, so so much, you know, really hot, you know, nutrient rich uh, uh, organic materials in there. Yeah, I, I can't be surprised that it's burning. Um, and as far as I know, man, the roots go, they, you know, a root penetrates. It sends that down, tap root down in the beginning all the way to the bottom. So it, I think it might be penetrating uh, many layers of your soil. I'm not positive because I don't use super soil. All I could say is I'm not surprised it's burning. Well, uh, yeah, and you're speaking of the philosophy when you say that root going down to the bottom. Mm -hmm. Some uh, some people don't know this, but some super soils are pre-made. You know, the the top layer is just as potent as the bottom layer. But I think, as you're saying, some super soils people layer their shit, assuming they want the hotter guano, flowering guanos down in the bottom layer for when the roots get down there. And that's like you said, that's like I think banking on a lot of wish wishing. Yeah, I mean, I, I can tell you in veg, you know, I can pull the, the you know, I've, I'm using those uh, octopots so I can actually see what's going on beneath the roots. And, I mean, I've got tons of roots going all the way down through the, the bottom of the pots in vegetative come week three, you know. So I, I'm, I'm not sure I fully understand that, the, the layering super soil philosophy. But you know what? I can help him with this. He says he looks like he might be overwatering a bit, and he's wondering if a flush would help. So, you know, how much, how much time you got? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say if you think you're overwatering, you probably are. Um, and the only reason I would really flush if there was an overwatering situation is if you just really just poison them with newts, if you just totally loaded them up with newts. Otherwise, let them, them, them metabolize what's in, what's in the soil. You know, let them work out what's in the soil and let those roots get to a place where they're a little, that there's a little bit of air in there where they can breathe a little bit. If they've been overwatered, you know, repeatedly, then chances are those roots need to repair themselves a bit. So give them a shot at that. I would say the best thing to do would be to back off the water and uh, just kind of let the, let the the plant do its thing naturally. Wait till when you know. I always use the the test of actually picking up the plant, 
I mean, I'll pick up the pot, even a 10-gallon pot, you know, I'll try to pick it up or I'll tilt it, and you can feel when they're bone dry. I mean, shit, they'll almost fall over when they're bone dry. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, he uses the word overwatering and flush in the same sentence. Definitely time, you know, caution time. Some people want to, you know, flush their plants if they've overwatered or trying to correct something. Well, wait till the plant needs to be watered if you can. Sure. You're just, you know, making a problem worse if the plant's already damp and trying to recover from overwatering and then you flush it. And for those of you that don't know, a flush means you are running a whole bunch of of hopefully pH-adjusted water to 6.2 to 6.8, whatever, through your, your root zone and getting tons of runoff. Like in a five-gallon pot, I'm getting at least five gallons runoff for a really good flush. And and do you really think that – I mean, I don't – I would like to hear some opinions on uh, can you really flush out a super soil? How much, how much flushing would that take? Yeah, I would say you're better off trying to buffer some of those nutrients by putting a whole bunch of uh, beneficials down. You know, I think that might be a better strategy of trying to get the beneficials to eat up some of that nutrition and store it long term. Yeah, and uh, it's really tough. If your plant's established in a super soil and you're having problems, it's a, it's a tough spot to be in. Hopefully, it'll just turn around here um, soon after your next watering and maybe try to flush some then. If you do go for the flush, flush a lot. Put a lot of water through any container you're flushing. Yeah, like I said, I'm worried about flushing that super soil, though. Those organic nutrients in there, those guanos and whatnot, they don't flush out too easy. Yeah, I agree. It's probably more trouble than it's worth. Yeah, and and you might just, you know, activate everything if you keep on flushing it, you know? Well, I guess in my summary, I would say, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, don't use super soil, but I have definitely know there's plenty of growers that have good success with it. So, you know, don't come back at me. Cussed me out, had a rude comment the other day about a tip I gave, actually, about removing lower leaves from a plant. Right. And the guy is like, what kind of lame-ass tip is that? I was like, oh, apparently everybody is a full-on experienced grower, buddy. You know, so. But, dude, what do you mean, man? Who the hell don't remove? I mean, I don't know. There's definitely an argument said for removing lower leaves. It definitely ups the performance of the upper canopy. I'll back you up, dude. Exactly. I didn't comment back on him, except for there. But uh, regardless, guys, let's uh, let me handle this next question here. Well, not handle it, but read it. We'll both handle, handle it. it, dude. Handle it. You know, I'm gonna orientate it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how how can you have different strains or harvest times and still cut back CO2 levels? What is the best bet? So this guy is talking about. I have a video out uh, explaining some of my techniques when I come to harvest. And the only way this works is if you're harvesting everything in your room at the same time. So some of the things I do when I know I'm getting closer to harvest, let's say 10 days out, I do start to lower the CO2, um, let's say by maybe 25 parts per million every other day or per day. And I bring it down to a constant maybe 600. The other things I do is I cool the room off. I, instead of running in it at a lower 80s, to uh, you know, 80 because it's CO2 enriched. I run my room a little bit warmer. I bring it down to upper 70s, and then in the end, it's all the way down to barely getting to 60 on harvest day. And all these things I'm doing, I'm trying to mimic nature. I figure there's not as much CO2 available out in the atmosphere in the fall time, um, you know. And this is just my my theory. It's not science exactly. Um, and of course, I cool off the room because it gets cooler during the fall. I also try to make it a little drier in there, not as much humidity as well. So not able to do that, if though, if you guys are running perpetual or have plants in different phases of growth, sure, ain't, ain't going to work. And that's why my garden is actually perpetual now, so I can't really do m- many of these uh, tricks, we'll call them. I mean, I used to give a dark period as well, which people were like, well, that doesn't do anything. And 
I don't care if it doesn't do anything. I don't mind shutting off my room for three days while I'm starting to harvest. Um, and I think it, I think I can see a little bit from that dark period. But uh, man, that's uh, that's that's why having different strains or a perpetual garden or not everything working at the same time makes those tricks harder. So the best bet for you is, uh, man, different strains in harvest time. You can't really lower your CO2 like that. Just keep it at a constant uh, thousand if you can. You know, you can run it up to fifteen hundred. Like Scotty likes to pump it up over there, but yeah, I mean, I harvest plants at fifteen hundred parts per million all the time. I at seven seven. I, I looked yesterday; I was up to seventy percent humidity in my room, so I, I really do have to do something about that. But truth is, I'm getting great quality at seventy percent humidity, and uh, you know, n- not a problem. Seventy, really? Seven zero, yeah. Yeah, the dude might have to hook me up with a uh, dehumidifier soon. That is that is testing. That is testing. <laughs> some pushing it. Yeah. I mean, these tricks are like I heard uh, on the news once. Uh, there's this company over in uh, Europe somewhere. They actually age their wine about I don't know 125 feet down in the ocean in this bay. And you know, does that re- <laughs> does that really do something awesome for it? Yeah. yeah, but this is art, man. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Maybe Marlboro will come in one day and make it science. But right now, it's it's a blend of art and science, you know, or artesian, you know. I agree. Art, artisan. Sorry, artisan. Artisan. You know I what I mean? I forget the grower on the to, to, to your art on the height. Sorry, I'm cutting you off, but uh, no the, worries. Too much coffee today. But on the uh, High Times panel at one of the Cannabis Cups, they usually do like a grower panel with a bunch of big-name growers. And one of the growers swears on uh, you know either either singing or always playing music in your garden. And I'm not going to laugh at it. You know, tips are tips. Tricks are tricks. You know, take, take them, try some, don't try others, whatever. I, you want to hear stuff in the garden anyway when you're working. If not the Dude Grow Show, you might as well sing. Right. Right, I guarantee you those vibrations, those sound vibrations, they're powerful, man. Yeah, that reminds me of the bio wave, right? Is the bio wave is the uh, thing that rotates around the metal gadget that sure. turns best. There's sure. commercial grows out here that run the bio wave and they swear up and down on it, and they got a lot of money weighing on that grow. So you know, so who's you might, to say? Might as well throw a couple more, uh, you know, m- more insurance policies in there. You know, type of bio wave, play a little sonic bloom. <laughs> nice sonic bloom oh. uh, that was a, that was a never-ending cassette tape back in the 90s that you could get you know like one of those uh for the answering machines and it would just over and over again it was like the sound of like birds chirping or something like that sonic bloom nice nice yeah or just the uh wave the wave radio or whatever that plays straight nature sounds yeah that's a good point wouldn't it be cool to walk into a your grow room or whatever a big grow any grow and you just have like jungle sounds or you know bird sounds <laughs> nice. like you're in the forest i love it see now you're taking we got to figure this out you're taking my nice now and i i said a few episodes ago i did i wanted to stop using nice right so much on. as an adjective okay you right got right on. on what given a suggestion for me because i'm trying to oh. self-discipline on the nice adjective here okay okay i'll go with okay it's reminding me back i was at a uh, bonnaroo <laughs> Bonnaroo back in the day, huge music festival in uh, Manchester, Tennessee. Probably all heard of it. Um, going through like the area where they sell a bunch of shit, you know, people walking around, Molly, whatever, you know, hippies selling this, grilled cheese sandwiches, and Reggie I forgot pasta <laughs> doses. Exactly, I forgot what somebody was offering me, but I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm good. And that really rubbed that guy the wrong way. Me telling him I'm good. <laughs> He's like, what the hell does that mean? You're good. 
you know, how about no thanks? You know, what, you're good. No, you're not good. And the guy proceeded for about a minute to tell me about how, uh, what are you saying, saying I'm good? So anyway, all right. Okay. Hippies at Bonnaroo, man. Okay, Scotty, next question. A uh, couple questions in this question. By the way, you can say okay and you know, it can mean anything. Watch, watch. I'll, I'll make it like you're a total asshole. Okay. Nice. All right. Stress. Ah, you did it, you goofball. Number four question here of, of the segment. Strains are not finishing on time, maybe due to a big pot, CO2, or something. Is there a method to help ripen? Well, the first part of this question, uh, strains not finishing on time. What reasons might you have for that, Scotty? Uh, I mean, I have seen things in a very big pot, if, you, if they're not rooted out, uh, take a little bit longer or a bit longer. So he, he might be onto something if he's got them in a big, giant pot. I haven't seen CO2 extend the flowering period. Um, yeah, I, no effects there. Yeah, so I, I don't know. And uh, sure, there's a method to help them, you know. What do they call that powdered crap? Cool bloom? <laughs> oh, is that something to push them into, into flowering more? Yeah, they just got so many chemicals that are ripeners. Honestly, um, I'll go into them, I guess. I don't really like them. I think they do affect the quality of the, you know. The, hold up, hold up. Before you talk about ripening, I want to comment on the strains not finishing on time. Because I went through this, this this year outdoors. Guys, outdoors in Colorado this year, there was uh, huge floods about a seven-day period. We didn't see the sun. And, you know, that at that point, you need to take these these things into consideration in your 60-day, 65, 70-plus flowering time as well as in the indoor garden sometimes if your plants for whatever reason see a huge stress from pests or environment that time they're stressed you might want to add some time to your flowering schedule because during that time the plants aren't performing sometimes they shut down altogether and they just try to you know stay alive instead of push flowers so that could be a reason or you could just straight up if you're a new grower and you don't know exactly what strain you're working with which is a possibility um, or somebody told you hey in 60 days this thing's cut you know, that's not always the case. Sometimes it's a 70-day strain. Sometimes it's even longer. And then until you grow it through yourself, you're, you're not really going to get an awesome feel for what the exact time is it for, for it to finish. And the big yeah. You know what else could be? Could he have light leaks? I wonder if he's having light leaks. That definitely can affect flowering times. Yeah, I've seen – man, I don't know. It definitely should affect uh, – affect – the flowering time, but also just the potential for turning it into a hermaphrodite, right? Where you have seedy weed. Where you, you know, I, I think you'd have both probably, but that's a good point, man. Go in your room multiple times. Double check your timers. I'm sure this has happened to you, Scotty, where you got the timer and one tab is pushed down during the off time. So your light kicks on like for that 15-minute tab at 3 a.m. in the morning when like you're never in the garden and then you're, you can't figure it out. And it. Yeah, that has up. not happened to me, man. That would kill me. I would freak out if that happened to me, man. <laughs> I think that happened to me way back in the day using those 15-minute tab timers. And I know actually you're in the garden at 3 a.m. all the time probably. <laughs> Your schedule's all over the place. But, um, yeah, I guess check for light leaks all, all over the place. True that. Yeah, that could, that's what I would say might be the big deal, light leaks. All right, well, tell me about ripening. And, and then I'll, and well, hang on. Before we go into ripening, what about just what if he's – Feeding too much nitrogen in his fertilizer, that could slow it down too. You know what? That's a good point. Too much fert. I did see this happen recently, um, adding a little nitrogen to correct my nitrogen deficiency. Flowering plants 30 days in, they slowed up a little pushing those flowers, but I did get the correction I needed in the uh, you know the leaf, the color of the leaf and the proper green hue. 
Um, but yeah, that is a good point, man. Too much nitrogen can really fuck up flowering. Um, Shit, yeah, man. Shit, yeah. I'm full of them, man. I'm full of them. All right, how do you ripen? What do you know about ripening and ripening methods and chemicals? Well, I tell you, that, I mean, the chemicals, you can ripen through photo period, too. I've heard of guys giving, uh, uh, what is it, 10 hours of sunlight? Do I have that right? And I remember they were changing the photo period. And Shortening were, the day towards the end of flowering? Yeah, yeah. And uh, they, they swore that ripened. I never needed to do anything like that, so I, I never tried anything like that. But um, that was one technique that I swore that, that, that used to go around for shortening up uh, really long strains. So there, there's one thing. And then the others are just – there's – you know, GH has a ripener. All these guys have these huge they're, – they're these powders that are just loaded with uh, phosphorus and potassium. Uh, and they call them ripeners, and you're supposed to use them during the last what two to three weeks of of flowering, I believe. Yeah. And yeah, and, and they uh, yeah they do tighten up the flowers. They they do, they do ripen up, but they they really stress the shit out of the plant, man. Your plant starts to die basically. Yeah, and my take on that, guys, ripening is you know it, I don't screw with that shit. It happens in nature. So right. one one way to help ripen, and when I'm speaking of ripening, it means I'm not using any more nutrients. I probably have not used nutrients already for a week. Uh, and that's the best way is a, a quality first of a flush. Let's say, okay, I know I'm cutting down these plants in two weeks. That day, I'm going to do a hell of a flush. I'm going to get a lot of runoff through my plants. I'm probably going to use a little bit of sugar in the raw in there at a tablespoon per gallon, uh, feed the beneficials, leach out some of the nutrients a little better, just call it sugar water. And then from that day on, I'm going to continue just to do the plain water and then we'll see the plant starts to change color. It starts to yellow. And then, you know, after, you know, the 8th, ninth, 10th day, whatever, um, the plant really starts to yellow. And they're like, shit, there's no more green in it. And that's when I really start to see my flowers ripen off. They start to push some new little foxtails. I can see more resin production. And then I start to see dead, la dead leaves on the plant to where that plant has used every little last bit of what it could out of the leaf. Essentially, the plant is consuming itself, which is some of the best free nutrients available, sure. and then you know ripening off, basically. And you're going to get, in the end, the reason the word ripening off is important is to get that great smoke. Um, you know, you're going to have the white ash on the end of a joint. You're going to have a bowl when you're fully done burning it. It's going to be really clean, looking white ash that will just dump right out easily. And yeah. it's typically you, not going to make you cough your ass off. Yep, and it's not going to pop when you smoke the joint. Snap, crackle, buddy. <laughs> I've seen it so happen, sketch. man. I've seen it happen big time, man. So Probably I, more I, in South Florida. Or Cali, <laughs> in Southern Cali, man. I mean, come on. These guys are blasting Cool Bloom till five, six days, you know, along with, you know, 2,200 parts per million. Oh, fuck. You know, till, till four days before. You know, because they, they're, they're sure that they're getting a big pop, you know, a big swelling over the last seven to ten days, which I'm sure they're getting a little bit of weight gain. But, yeah, man, it's all about weight there, man. Or it's like in that movie, is it, I don't know, Training Day or something, where you just think you're smoking a J, but they put the... Uh... The yeah. wet, man. Put a little wet in it, man. <laughs> there you nobody. go. I hope in my, my fine time on Earth I never have to say, why is this joint sparkling, man? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, that's, that's, that's about it for the – well, I shouldn't say that's it for the grow talk. We got what's coming up, what's going on in our grows. 
what do you got going on? You got thrips. That's right, thrips and some other things. Um, oh, man, yeah, I guess it's not the worst thing in the world, man. At least there's a solution for them. But I went, came back to the garden last week and uh, or from being gone a week rather, started playing with those plants that were growing in the lights and started seeing some tiny little specks on there. So, you know, got the old, uh, uh, you know, scope out and started looking. You know, just a little handheld jobby. And, yeah, sure enough, man, I saw these little black specks, and I think that's like thrip crap, you know. So I look around, and sure enough, I see a thrip. It looks like a little worm walking around. It has a bunch of legs. looks like a little worm walking around on the leaves, going the upside. Yeah, top side of the leaves, bottom side of the leaves. And I mean, yeah, they do suck. But I told you, my friend was a is a world class entomologist, and she had given me the trick for thrips a, a long time ago. So I've always just kept a bottle of this stuff, and it's always worked. It's a green light uh, lawn and garden spray with spinosad, and spinosad is the key word there. Uh, that's uh, an spinosad. I say spinosad. Whatever, tomato, tomato. But anyway, man. All right, you keep works. rolling with it, guys. I said we're taking a break, but Scotty's in it heavy here. Actually, I want to hear more about uh, killing these. So spino, spinosad. Oh, sorry, Spino- man. No, no worries, dude. We don't have any format. We're just recreating and talking about growing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so spinosad. How do you use it? Uh, I'll use. Uh, I think it's uh, two ounces per gallon. So I'll, I'll use it in my little uh, fogger. So I got 32 ounces in there. So I use like a tablespoon. And yeah, man, great stuff. It just you, one, one shot does it. You just got to make contact, physical contact with the bugs and the, and the plant material. So it's re- that's why I really like to use the fogger with it. And do you spray the soil level too a little or the level, you know, the growing level by the pot? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it gets that. I specifically didn't do that. So I, certainly not a bad idea by any means. Where were you yesterday, dude? <laughs> yeah um sorry i'm distracted i'm looking at thrip damage on a leaf here yeah it um, looks like little black specks and then you'll see there's like these little white i guess they're the eggs or something like that well, hold up let me let me differentiate this for people guys most common damage seen on cannabis plants indoors especially is spider mite damage spider mite damage first you'll notice from the top you'll see a bunch of like little pinholes yellow damaging like all these just little mini pinholes is how i describe them and then when you turn the leaf around and look under it the little black dots if you look close that's them they'll be moving around thrip damage on the other hand it almost looks like it's not like a perfect pinhole it's like a little streak it could be like whitish in color or lighter greenish but you'll see like a little tiny off streak on the top of your leaf and that's what i've noticed before when i had thrips uh, and yeah, like you said, you don't, you, you want to diagnose it right. Cause I heard also that spinosad works really well compared to other controls out there. Um, like some Azimax or Neems or things like this spinosad really targets them better. Yeah, definitely for thrips. Uh, did you, uh, how long did it take you? You got rid of them completely, you think, or there were pretty uh, much. Know, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll check today. I applied it yesterday, so I'll check today. So it's been really, uh, so and you I haven't only, gotten rid of them completely. There's no way, but you've definitely. You know, the last time I did world. this, the last time I did this was about six months ago, and uh, one and done, one treatment done. Nice, right on. Yeah, I don't know a ton about the thrips life cycle. You know, compared to like spider mites reproducing, popping eggs all the time. But uh, I would obviously, as you're going to anyway, make sure you do another spray for the hell of it. I would say. You know, the spinosad actually came with a pretty weird warning about not spraying your plants. I think it was more than twice. I'm going to have to go back and read that again. Oh, uh, yeah. 
give some strange warning. And last time, like I said, last time it was a one-and-done situation. So, Right on, right on. Let's take just a short break. I'll tell you guys what I got going on, and the dude grows, and the dudes grow, and uh, then we'll be getting ready to put it in the bag. But let me uh, tell you what I got going on, a couple other small announcements, maybe a little bit more culture, and uh, yeah, Dude Grows, guys, DudeGrows.com, Scotty Real on the mic. What, what word? RealGrows.com. We'll be right back. All right. You know, that shit that your brother gave you. That good shit. That good shit. That good shit. That you got dude when you pulling that deliciousness out of there man well so under one of my 600s i have that uh man i'm just gonna call it the island sweet skunk i'm gonna call it the <laughs> island sweet skunk slash sweet island skunk whichever you prefer um what you got that beauty is you know she's getting close i would say probably two weeks to 10 days left maybe more like two weeks so i'm gonna switch the bulb out on that soon that hood I'm running a HPS 600 watt right now, and I'm going to switch it out to a uh, 600 watt metal halide conversion bulb, is what they're called in the 600 watt range. And the reason I do this, um, some you know, some growers still grow their whole their whole flower under metal halide bulbs. Then I believe HBS bulbs came along and people realized that they're the sheer horsepower. They're going to give you the flowering weight. They kind of initiate flowering a little quicker. But as far as finishing, I beg to differ because I noticed um, I had the garden full of the same genetics at one point, and I had only two 600-watt uh, halide bulbs, and I had to leave one of my hoods under an HPS bulb. And when I harvested, I trimmed up the plant under the HPS bulb, and it was you know, no problem. Trimmed up, you know, the scissors gummed up as usual, and it all trimmed up. And then I went to the plant under the halide bulb that had been under that halide bulb for about 10 days, and my scissors were gumming up twice as much. So I think there's something to that. I think that putting um, that more of the uh, blue spectrum, I guess we'll call it, uh, the metal halide, it, it has that plant push resin, and it's going to add just more attributes to the flowers, and I, don't, I, I would have to say a little bit of a better quality. Wow. I don't that's think a, you're – what's that's that? A bold, that's a bold statement, my man. 
I mean, you know, I talk about what I see uh, and I talk about what I believe in on the show. And I do believe in this, guys. It's not always financially feasible for somebody to uh, go out, you know, if you're running an eight lighter, go buy eight metal halides and then go through and change them all out. But if you think about it, those halides are going to last you a long time. You're only running them 10 days, two weeks at a time. Um, and then uh, that is unless you want to use them in your bedroom as well. But try it out, man. If you guys have it on, just try it on one hood and compare it to the plant next to it under an HPS bulb. And I, I bet you tell me that you noticed the difference for the better. I'd, like to, I, I'd like to see that myself, man. The proof's in the pudding. All right. Well, well, try it out, Scotty. Hell no. I just want to come over to your grill, man. Smoke, <laughs> smoke, smoke some of your kind. Yeah, that's usually going on. That's usually going on. <laughs> I do need, do need more variety. We're going to go out. Uh, I actually did pick up some uh, legal meds from a place called Kind Man. Well, legal meaning uh, you know, they're selling straight to the general public over here at Kind Man in Denver. And was kind of intimidated by the pricing when I have, uh, you know, my own shelf with six different kinds. But I did buy a couple $6 half-gram joints that I have yet to try. So that's kind of cool. I like that they offered, you know, $6 half-gram joints that you could have if you want your $12 night, six-pack of Bush, $6 joint, and you're yeah, as long, as long, <laughs> as long as that joint isn't always the shake. Remember those joints back in the day used to always be the shake in the it's dispensaries? got to be the shake. You know how much shake these guys got going on? That's what I mean, man. And the shake, I mean, a, a, a profound guy told me years ago, it's a big difference between bud and shake, buddy. Big yeah, difference. I totally agree. I'll give them a burn. We'll talk about it on the next show. I haven't had time to get out and uh, buy some other legal weed, as we say, but uh, definitely will. All right, let's get ready to put it in the bag. I had another one more, uh, we'll call it the culture point. We haven't really had as much culture on the show as we need. Plenty of news, plenty of grow. But this one being that we are a podcast, I wanted to I wanted to talk and feature an app real quick, guys. The dude snowboards, and uh, although currently we need, we need another storm here in Colorado, but I wanted to say this app called Alpine Replay. If you guys got a smartphone out there and you ski or snowboard um, or do anything in the Alpine, Get this thing, Alpine Replay. It kicks ass, man. It totally tells you everything about your day, how many runs you did, how much you descended, how fast you went. It even tells you how much airtime you had, which I'm not sure exactly how the GPS does that. Nice. But it does seem to be working because I can tell you my first day out this year, I only had 0.9 seconds of airtime. <laughs> and uh, I think last time out I had uh, like 8.9 seconds. But that was Hell Yeah. That was all in one jump, that 8.9. <laughs> it's called falling off the lift. Exactly. Um, but, man, I, I, I just wanted to uh, bring that up. There's got to be some cool – I know there's some grower apps out there, guys. Maybe we'll feature some of those um, coming up soon. And I can tell you episode 13, 14, 15, up to 100 are going to kick butt. But let me, Scotty, tell the listeners just a couple things coming up. We do have – uh, interview we're going to get with a, an attorney out here in Colorado to discuss just legalities, the current things going on. Uh, make sure all you new legal growers are following the law, and that will be an attorney here from uh, normal.org, N-O-R-M-L.org. Dude Grows Show is a proud supporter of Normal. And we also, to show people we know what's up, I know Scotty has been visiting these commercial grows um, we're going to do an episode, I don't want to call it the commercial grow episode, we're definitely going to have one full on um, HVAC and cooling commercial grows as well as smaller grows, and uh, man, I think we should try and get out there and feature a little bit of uh, yeah, the commercial grow talk for these guys. There's a lot of it here oh, yeah, in Colorado, man. so 
we like to, to help everybody that's growing a plant from one to 2,000, and somebody will chime in and say, shit, man, I'm growing 5,000. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's all coming up, guys. I guarantee it within the next few episodes. Always trying to hit you twice weekly. Um, if you want to show some support for what's going on here, give me some love over at dudegrows.com. Pick up some all mesh bubble bags from me right off Amazon. They definitely work well, fully guaranteed, and I haven't had any problems. Sold a ton of them, and uh, yeah, one of don't don't be throwing away your leaves. If you're doing that, you definitely need to pick some up. You want to use as much of this plant as you can. Hell yeah! I finally got RealGrowers.com working, and uh, the first thing I wanted to feature is these bags that I've been using. I'm calling them real bags for now, but I've been using these gold foil bags. You know, when I go to the resort or you know when I'm driving when I'm driving with some meds or whatever. And they take the smell out entirely, man. I love these things. Man. Yeah, guys, so you guys visit uh, the Real Growers homepage now. Got a picture of Scotty looking like he's been working all night long. <laughs> Just being like, look at this motherfucking plant. I like it, dude. That's cool. <laughs> picture you holding up a bush, man. Heck Hell yeah, yeah man. We, we have come a long way, my friend. Um, but yeah, check us out, guys. We're going to keep coming at you. Uh, check out the people that uh, we support. Give some love. Uh, way to grow. A lot of stores out here in Colorado. Great, great store. Check them out. Uh, testing. Absolutely. We're gonna we're gonna get some support. Testing over at Can Labs. If you're here in the Colorado area and you want to see how potent you are, check that out. Uh, and man, that's about it. I'll stop rambling on. Let's put it in the bag, dude. Let's put uh, it in the bag, man. I can't feel my weed anymore. Yeah. Episode 13 will be will be here soon. And, uh, yeah, have a good day. DudeGrows.com. Later, Scotty. All right. Take it easy, dude. You're listening to The Dude Grows Show, coming straight out of Denver, Colorado, bringing you marijuana grow knowledge, news, and culture. You about to smoke some weed up in here.
Hey guys, remember that there's plenty more great grow knowledge over at DudeGrows.com. So go check out all of our news, videos, and latest articles about growing great weed without all the bullshit. And remember, it's donations from listeners like you that keep the real deal marijuana grow knowledge coming at ya. So visit DudeGrows.com and be the DGC.